0: Welcome to episode number four of Bullseye. Derek Sharp with Kaylee Cottrell and BJ Daniels will be speaking about a record-setting day for a couple members of the offensive unit. Actually, just coming in second place was Byron Brown, but getting all the national awards for his four hundred and thirty-five and Naeem Simmons for his two seventy-two through the air as the Bulls beat Rice forty-two to twenty-nine. Sean Atkins, who taught Byron Brown all he needs to know about throwing the football, apparently. We'll get more with him on that in just a little bit is going to be our special guest today and you're going to hear from Alex Golish among many others. Now we're going to give BJ a pass I know we so to speak I know you were watching the game Mm -hmm. but you weren't at the game and we alluded to it last week we're going to get to the Bulls here in a minute but you got to give me the recap man Super Bowl reunion and I saw you with the Lombardi trophy that probably never gets old.
1: Yeah um, it was an amazing experience to get back you know you don't think it's 10 years ago that the Seattle Seahawks won the Super Bowl in 2013 but that's that's uh that's how old i am now i guess you know i'm dated but i mean it was amazing having a chance to hold the trophy again be back in uh in at lumen field to watch the seahawks take on the panthers to be back around my teammates uh from marshawn lynch to to uh Cam chancellor to richard sherman and uh, have a conversation with pete Carroll over dinner i mean it was it was wow. a great experience and and something that I, that I miss you know you know as a, as a former athlete and player you miss the USF locker room and those guys and the camaraderie and the alumni. And I didn't realize how much I would miss that in the NFL as well. Wow.
0: Nice. And, and with what happened with Russell Wilson's team, I wish he would just stay back and been to the party with you guys. <laughs> but uh, yeah. one question about Marshawn Lynch. Hmm?
2: You
0: know, he kind of not a lou if you could tell he's smart but he's kind of like he's got that different personality is that his actual personality that is
1: exactly who he is um you know the way he acts with reporters or he acts with me or even my parents uh he's the same guy you know he's you either accept him or you don't uh some people respect that a lot and, and love that about him some people don't but at the same time, you, you know you know what you're getting, um, and uh, he's loyal. He's he's a good friend. Um, awesome. You know, he he was hanging around the guys and laughing and joking, and um, you know we were telling war stories, and uh, it was it was a good time. Tremendous. Awesome. It a beacon of good time. Kaylee, yeah. we, we were back
0: back at the ranch in Tampa, and yeah. you know it was a fourteen thirteen <laughs> rice lead. A half what you forget. Uh, and then just being down there on the field and watching Naeem Simmons, oh my th- the show begin, that right? must've just yeah. gotten progressively more crazy and great.
2: Oh, that was so much fun. What a day he had. What a day Byron had. It yeah. was it was so fun to watch them just explode. And I talked to both of them after the game and, you know, he was talking about how much he's just trusting these coaches mm. and this staff. And Byron was talking about just executing on those details and right. how much of a difference that makes. So to see those two, you know their hard work pay off and have themselves a day it was mm-hmm. it was pretty fun down there
0: yep. and one thing that happened was they essentially switched up the personnel just with the two wideouts and the 12 personnel and just kept taking shots when that kind of thing happens and it was a halftime discussion uh and you hit it on the first play right d- can that just sort of unlock things
1: i mean that was a great adjustment i mean when you, when you as a player when a coach says hey we're going to execute we're going to do this and then you go out there and trust the coaches and you do it and it works. That continues to build that trust with the new staff, uh, with, a, with a, a quarterback, with the receivers, a lot of first-year players in different pieces. So, um, you know, that instills a lot of confidence both ways. And I think uh, that will encourage the players to continue to play for the coaches, trust the coaches, um, and even get better and better when the season uh, as the season continues. A couple of <clears> things <throat> on the
0: show today that you guys want to watch out for. Now, we got to put this out there. Sometimes when, when you're watching this, obviously it's not live. We do stuff ahead of time. So we talked to the greatest receiver. You might know this guy, Andre Davis, Mm
2: -hmm. in school history. He
0: leads them in a couple categories, uh, catches, yards, and touchdowns. First of all, your thoughts on that character?
1: Yeah, Um, Andre Davis. I mean, what a guy. I mean, he's a Tampa native, uh, Jefferson High School. Um, I remember my first game with him uh, was against FAMU. And he scored a touchdown in that game, you know, as a true freshman. So uh, Andre Davis has been very impactful with this university. Um, I was so happy. I didn't get to play with him all four years, uh, you know, but I was very happy with the impact he's made um, as I was in my professional career, watching back, like he's, he's still balling, he's still doing his thing. And, uh, you know, he knows a thing or two about playing receiver.
0: What a cool guy, wait till you see his headgear. Trust me on that. Now we did record it before the game. So if you're watching it and you go, <laughs> Ask him about Naeem Simmons. It hadn't happened yet. (laughs) And then Billy Mole, who is going into the Tulane Athletics Hall of Fame, of course, the South Florida baseball coach. Mm -hmm. We talk about Orion Kirkring and the chances for him to get a call up after the interview happened. He did get that call up and he made his major league debut on Sunday. So that's why that happens. But first of all, we're going to to start making big predictions on our interviews ahead of time, but secondly, all all football, I know you're a big baseball person too, Kaylee. How cool is that to see Kirk?
2: You know what, like, my first year, you know, covering these teams, it was during his season, so I got to be there with him in in his last year here and, you know, watch the stuff he had and how he was throwing, and Mm. um, the the future was so bright at the time, and now to see him, you know, doing what he's doing now, and I've seen all the videos on Twitter from MLB from the Phillies and they showed his dad up in the crowd just crying. Wow, I man. teared up watching it because what a moment. It's a After, real moment. You know, I can't man. imagine, but super proud. So yeah. you're going to
0: see Coach Mullen a little bit and you're also going to see your work this week. If you're ever curious what goes on behind the scenes yeah. with the video board, the big video board, you get yeah. right into it, right?
2: I did a pregame. I was with in-game presentation up in the control room and with marketing yeah. to kind of get a behind-the-scenes look of, of the whole presentation side of game day. It was pretty fun. So wow. we're going to
0: recap all of that when you see us all together again. We've got some business to take care of until then and uh, we're definitely covering not just south florida here but i want to get everybody's reaction to the whole taylor swift thing (laughs) we're going to hold off on that bullseye is going to continue with coach golish shortly and the head coach joins us now on bullseye Derek with bj and coach alex golish whose team Put up a lot of numbers the other day, and actually in our little short pregame radio thing, I asked you, could the offense explode today? And I think I saw it in your eye that you thought, and I actually heard it in your voice going into halftime when things were, you know, limited possessions. It exploded. Tell us about the brilliant idea, first of all, to go to 12 personnel more in the second <laughs> half, and uh, it worked out pretty well.
3: Yeah, you know, I, I think it's it's such a interesting deal being being in this offense now this is this is my second time in a year one going through it and you kind of see it the same way where where you see glimpses you see glimpses you're just not quite hitting on all cylinders and then at some point there's a breakthrough and and i think our process leading up to it earned that right um i for the first time really since we've been here I felt like in practice it was clicking like like you would want it to click Um, and certainly hopefully gives us confidence moving forward that that's what it should look like but through those first through the really the first four possessions we had really five possessions but four up until that last play before half you were like inches away here inches away there um, took points which was which was good to take points, but you've got to be able to score touchdowns, especially if the other team is is able to push it down the field and do the same. So I felt like we were really close. Uh, I know you mentioned uh, I put a lot of pressure on Byron uh, saying what I said after the game. But <laughs> but it was Byron that's like, man, coach, like like and we had we we had a a heavier personnel plan going into the game. Uh, I'd actually told Byron we were gonna probably use the third possession of the game and we didn't. Mm. And so Said, man, like, w- would that would that kind of give us a chance to to do some different things? I said, sure, let's try it. And when the quarterback says it, you know that he believes in it. So anytime I told him he got any more ideas, come come at me. Kidding. But but when the quarterback says that, you know that that's what he feels comfortable with. Well, if he doesn't feel comfortable with it, it doesn't matter what I think. So mm-hmm. um, I said, sure, let's let's roll with it, see what happens. And and we rolled with it a couple times there. And and certainly, I think. For whatever reason, that's what he felt comfortable with because I think the picture cleared up for him a little bit, and, and I think it certainly settled the defense down a little bit. Uh, we were getting a ton of pressure early in those first four drives. I think getting a little bit bigger and and having a threat of isolation on the outside settled him down a little bit, and, and Byram took full advantage of it. Interesting,
0: and the guy, that I know you're a big fan of, P.J., took advantage on the outside a few times. What did you think of Naeem?
1: Yeah, Naeem uh, did some really good things. Um, you know, versus Alabama, I, I was kind of looking for the receivers to make a little more plays, uh, be more impactful, and then uh, Saturday they, they proved it. Um, you got Joffrey Brown at Sean Atkins, Naeem Simmons goes for 272, and uh, in a tub to set the USF all, uh, receiving record. Uh, can you talk about their, their impact and, and what they're doing to help Byron in making plays? <clears throat>
3: yeah, you know, I, I think you go back and you you look at the limited time they've had together. You know, Byram, knock on wood, stayed healthy all through spring. Naeem practiced five days and was out. Sean practiced, I think, six days, was out. Choffrey missed the entire spring. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Brown Stevens wasn't here. Jaden Alexis wasn't here. Um, you know. Kelly Joyner was playing running back and receiver. Mm -hmm. There was never a consistent connection with those guys. We get to fall camp and it's really the first time that they are working together. Well, we play a game four weeks after that. So, you know, you can simulate all you want, but until they're just out there by themselves in front of real fans and on a real Mm -hmm. field with, with a clock running, it's really hard to say what it's going to look like. You just hope that the tools you gave them help them. So you've seen at times. You know, Sean Atkins has been really, really consistent for right. us through the first three games. Chafey and Michael have split time, and uh, Michael missed missed the first game, and then Yusuf Terry came back and has been banged up, and Jaden Alexis has played outside, played in the slot, and and Naim started in the slot for us, and you know, as we got through the first week, it was like, man, who are our best 11 right now? Well, it happened to be Sean and him. were part of that. Mm -hmm. It's like, man, Naeem, you're going to go on the outside. Well, it took them really two weeks to figure that out. It's different playing on the outside. You got a body in your face all the time. And so you just, you're seeing their growth and we're seeing their growth right in front of us with, with every single play that they have together, they're gaining more and more confidence and gaining more and more confidence. And I think, I think the the first touchdown that Naeem caught was like, all right, like that's what it looks like. I'm <laughs> yeah. good and you know so then you go back to him and there was obviously matchup things that we liked on the outside and mm-hmm. we felt like we could win and those guys took full advantage of it and it's interesting like you watch even Chares play uh, the the big long run like you, you could clean up a million things on that. he didn't dig out of the vertical the vertical run ball security was a complete disaster (laughs) you know there were so many things you could clean up and you're like man like if we just continue to clean these things up and keep taking steps i'm really excited about that group i've said that since camp i'm really excited about them i just don't know how confident they really were Mm -hmm. um and i think one at a time i think sean atkins is confident and has been and always will be just because how he's built naeem finally feels like all right i now i know i can play here and i think anytime you come up from like he played fcs football I it, it think out there, he felt like, man, I'm confident. And then you get out there, like, until you actually do it and make plays, Absolutely. it's really hard to say I'm really confident, you know. And a guy like Chafri, who's played a bunch of football but has been on and off injured his whole career, for him to go and make another big play, now he's got the confidence to just keep doing it. And Michael brown Steven, same deal. Michael's started a bunch of football games in his career not in this offense, not with this quarterback, not at the tempo. We're doing it. So he's growing into it. It's been fascinating. They've grown as Byron grown. You mentioned the position switch
0: for Naeem, and I know that you, you've talked about this already, but if you guys didn't hear, you, you, you kind of gave him a pep talk. So some people from Navy have been asking me, anyone you're giving a pep talk to this week? Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> there were a couple, speaking of confidence, moments in the game that, that could have gone in the wrong direction. First of all, when Day Day and later Jalen both got hurt, they both returned, You know, adding to the tough ass this of this squad but also you know what I'm talking about third quarter when you're inches away from 27 14 and next thing you know you're behind and actually the, the, the offense had to punt but the defense comes out and makes a stop at midfield boy that to me was everything it becomes an afterthought when you see all these records but it seems like it was no big deal for you guys
3: yeah I, I think I feel like in every game we've had some monumental moments a, as we build this thing you know for us it's year one for half the guys in that locker room it's year one so every situation that happens can be spun any way you want it to be it could be a negative it could be used as a learning tool i've strained to make all of these learning tools and you drill and drill and drill a next play mentality and you know i talked about the alabama game The the interception on offense and the defense you know what that their approach was to the next drive and getting a stop and creating a stop and forcing a punt you know th- this was now flipped offensively we're down on the one yard line we fumble it like so many negative things come out of that you're like you're on the one yard line you got to be scoring and you turn it over and then the very next play rice scores like 14 point swing right and again like now now what like where do we go is this a here we go again moment or is this truly a next play mentality moment and in the same breath the defensive guys are coming off and I'm just standing there I want to see what the reaction is and because we we've empowered these guys to lead each other and push each other and love each other those offensive guys are standing again ready to, for after the kickoff and they're now dapping the defensive guys up and say we got you we got you we got you we got you like powerful moments like publicly like probably doesn't matter and nobody really cares for us and for me certainly leading the leading the program those are monumental moments do they equal wins i i think at some point they do us coming together and actually truly playing for each other like that's powerful and also really hard to do now we go on the road and it'll be another first and another new like, like conference win on the road. Like, how do we do it? Well, we just go to work, next play mentality, work, work as hard as we possibly can work really smart and then play harder for longer. And there's going to be moments in this game coming up on Saturday where they could go either way. And as long as we continue to respond, because not all the responses are always positive And for us, really love up and empower the positive, really coach up the negative and continue to try to get better every week. And so far, that's how it's gone. We'll see, we'll just handle the next road bump as it comes.
1: Nice. Coach, so looking forward, um, you know, Navy, you know, so much goes into their offense and the different things that they do. Um, obviously they're not, they can't be traditional wing team and they kind of get away from that a little bit. Um, and it also provides limited times of possessions um, for an offense. So. In preparation for this week, offensive and defensively, what are you preaching to the guys or, or really harping on this week?
3: Yeah, I think the biggest thing with this Navy team is that they're uber disciplined, as you would assume they would be, really tough, really hard-nosed. They're in the right place at the right time on both sides of the ball, yeah. and special teams as well. So. When you're playing a team that's uber disciplined, uber tough, like you got to be uber disciplined, uber tough, and so that, that it's the truth. They watch the film, you know. They matchup wise, you see what it looks like, good or bad or or neutral. They know the matchups. Now it's a matter of us executing at a high clip, really different offensively. So the discipline this week. Um, going in starting with yesterday morning, like every minute of every day, there's something that you can teach and coach and get better at. That's a challenge to to both sides of the ball. Defensively, they're unique too, man. They're, it's a high pressure, a bunch of movement. It's different than, than what you're maybe used to seeing sometimes, especially when, when you do what we do on offense. And it'll be interesting to see their response to what we do on offense. But you're right on the limited possessions. It's the same way we went into last week. We knew we were going to be limited possessions. And, like, the first half of that Rice game, you look back and you're like, man, first of all, that happened really quick. And second <laughs> yeah. of all, you had four opportunities. Like, man, four opportunities. You better go take advantage of every what? single one. So I think it'll be similar in that sense. We got to get off the field defensively. That's the, the big challenge to us. You know, we we had – Five, four opportunities on defense on fourth downs to get off the field on Saturday. Offensively, you got to convert third downs and you got to keep drives alive. Right. So you got to be able to take more chances and you've got to be able to convert points. And sometimes three is is not detrimental, but it's certainly a kick in the in, <laughs> yeah. in the backside to take mm. three points. So. We gotta be uber disciplined, we gotta be really, really aggressive when we get opportunities to be aggressive. But what they do on offense, if you're not disciplined in what you do, they're house calls. Right. So every single play matters, every all eleven being locked in at the same time is really, really important. And it's it's different. So anytime it's different, you gotta pour more into it to make sure that the end result is what you want.
0: For the record, when you look at the box score and see that Rice was four or five on fourth downs, the Bulls were zero for zero, you were going to go for it twice. One was the P I one was the you had to settle for the field goal after the penalty. You mentioned Navy. Now normally it's about and you say it and I agree, it's about us, not so much about the opponent. I'm not talking about that from a prep standpoint. I'm talking about the experience this weekend. You know, it's not just a normal road trip you're gonna allow your guys to sort of admire what's going on up there in Annapolis.
3: Um no. <laughs> um, for us, it's, it's the next opportunity and just ha- so happens to be that it's on the road. Uh, you know, obviously we're aware of who we're playing, certainly aware of the tradition and the pageantry that goes into what that place is and have a ton of respect for, for what certainly the academy is and certainly what those young men are gonna go do when they're done playing for 60 minutes on Saturday. It's, it's us being the best version of us and I don't super know that the rest of it matters. They're going to be ready
0: to play. In other words, I got to ask you, you know, do you have uh, uh, victories? we had a couple so far. Do you have a celebratory, if you will, post-game meal? I mean, or is it just whatever, whatever happens after the game? Because I'm just trying to picture, you know, I would have certain
3: thing lined up after every victory. Man, I guess I haven't gone that far with it. Okay. Um, All right. I could tell you. Sat, wh- we're playing these four three thirty four o'clock games and not a whole lot of time to just go sit down and smash. Um, Saturday, I, I called my wife on the way home, asked her if we had any food. She said she could warm up some pizza. And so I ended up door dashing sushi um, yeah. on... Uh, man, I don't even remember before that. So I guess the answer is no. Well, while you're thinking
0: of it, though, <laughs> I'm going to blame you for something. Like subconsciously, maybe frontal consciously, when I go past Portillo's now, I think of you, and it and it worked. <laughs> it worked a couple times. Well, and and do you go with anything besides the Italian beef because you that... know what?
3: I, I'm not like a giant Italian beef guy. Okay, I I, I actually really like the burger. I like, Believe it or not, burger, cheeseburger, um, the cheese fries. Not um, hmm. about shake, that. The brownie shake sometimes it's a bad deal. Now, th- like. I've pubbed them enough that it's time that they call Fowler and, and do something for us too. I agree so, with that. There you go.
1: I'm gonna name drop you so I get a free meal. By the way, do it. So
0: wait a second. He told us last year he didn't know what. Last week he didn't know what elephant ears were. He thought I was that. telling him to actually. <laughs> you know poach an elephant so you you would probably never go to a fast food place would you
3: uh portillo's i will (laughs) you haven't spent enough time in the midwest which is cool (laughs) totally (laughs) good hey
0: enjoy your time in the i guess mid-east this week we'll talk to you next week thanks a
3: lot appreciate it go bulls
0: that is outskirts bullseye continues and we are back with we are on the theme of receiving today that is for sure noted pass catcher sean atkins and also we'll get there eventually Heck of a thrower of the football. Uh, don't worry, we, we'll get around to your cap. We we will mention you, you're receiving. It. I suppose people don't realize this year you've had at least a handful every game and already more total than you did all of last year, which is kudos to you. But let's start off with specifically what just happened the other night. You had a good game. Your buddy Naeem had a great game. How cool was that to be a
4: part of? It was just unbelievable to watch him, you know, flourish in front of the home uh, fans and stuff. Uh, you know, I see how hard he works day in and day out. and. You know that's my guy. You know we're it, a lot of the coaches are hard on him, but he takes the criticism very well, and uh, it proved last night. I mean, last game for sure.
0: Sure. And then one other thing that uh, Coach Goel has just talked to us about shortly was trying to get the best eleven on the field and how you guys kind of played the same position. How much of a challenge is that? And it, people would just think wide out is a wideout, but it's not true. I mean, he had to switch.
4: Oh yeah, definitely changing positions is really hard. Um, he he embraced it. Um, whenever you want the best 11 guys out there. You kind of do whatever it takes to sacrifice, to, you know, uh, have the team in the best position to win. Um, he took that role and ran with it. You know, he went for 270 yards. I mean, that's just unreal. And he's, he's one of those guys that you just look at and you're just like, that's, that's like a role model. You know, like that's the guy you want to have in your room for sure.
0: And then one question about the 272, because I, I know you guys are just, you're getting the play call and you're executing. Is there a point though? when you realize somebody is doing something special that you ask around and see what his numbers are. and you can't look it up.
4: (laughs) Yeah. You definitely start asking around, but then it's like, come on, why didn't you get 300? You know?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, how did it start for you? Take us back to the beginning. Where did football come into your life?
4: Uh, So I was always a soccer kid growing up. Um, I never really played football. I played like flag football here and there. Um, but then, you know, my grandpa played at Kentucky. So,
0: uh, my parents both went to the UK so i knew yeah, it's to it. all yeah. So yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, he
4: definitely bled blue but um Same he, he you know he put me into it i like i hated it i hated getting touched <laughs> i hated getting tackled you know so i actually went in and quit i uh tur- i went to turn in my pads and he kind of told me like you have to do it i'm not doing it for you and i went in and the coach was like you can help out the team and then ever since then it just kind of ran with it and just loved it
2: Mm-hmm. Well, in high school, you also lettered in both football and basketball. Yeah. How do you think basketball may have helped your football career? Because I can imagine the focus, the good eyes.
4: Yeah, uh, basketball Basketball helps a lot, you know, hand-eye coordination and everything yeah. like that, uh, being a receiver. And um, kind of just the one-on-one aspect of it, I feel like. I feel like you kind of just want to beat the guy in front of you in basketball. And like I just feel like it translates to football and whenever you're a receiver, for sure, because it's one-on-one matchups all the time.
2: So when did football like stick with you?
4: Um, kind of when I was probably in eighth, ninth grade, going okay. into ninth grade. Um, like I said, I was a soccer kid growing up. I was really good at soccer, but it was just something about football that just, I don't know, it was, it was a challenge for me and uh, it was just something I really enjoyed doing and getting better at for sure.
0: Wow. All the similarities, uh, the Kentucky background, good job by your granddad, by the way. Yeah. Uh, you're listed mm-hmm. at 5'10", 172. This guy is 5'10", 172. <laughs> for some reason, he looked like more than an athlete. And I love soccer too. But yeah. I'm glad you made the decision to go to football. Me too. And, uh, <laughs> how tough was it to make the decision to, to switch away from being quarterback? Because obviously, you were really good at that.
4: Uh, it wasn't that hard. Um, you know, the coach still promised me, you know, a lot of touches and like putting in packages for me to play quarterback. Um, but it, it was just something that I always enjoyed doing at receiver, because whenever you're a quarterback, you want to say you're an athlete and go play receiver. So when whenever roles flip, you want to be quarterback. And so it wasn't that hard, but I like quarterback as well. Well, uh, <laughs> let me ask you about the two-point conversion. Of course, we had the double pass
0: before that against FAMU, but the two-point conversion, were you lobbying for that? I mean, it, it, the situation in the game called for at some point probably a go for two, but you could not have dreamed it up better, especially after you had bragged about how, you know, you can end with Byron to throw the ball to him. Yeah. How did that come to be? Um, that
4: you was know, it was play. coach's game plan. Uh, <laughs> you know, whenever he tells you that you can throw the ball, you get super excited. Of course, you're going to lobby <laughs> for it. Um, but, you know, just throwing it to Byron, I just I think that's so cool to me because it finally is like, here, bro, like I got you back, <laughs> you know. Well, but, you, have, uh,
0: you haven't always been, you know, now, now it's like come to this point for you. And it seems like this is the payoff year, but you started off, you know, as a walk-on. People that don't know, the 38 is kind of a walk-on receiver number. Yeah. But you decided to keep it. Take us through that part of your
4: journey. So whenever I came in, you know, I was a uh, really shy, really reserved guy, um, and my locker partner was Dono. So. <laughs> You know, and uh, at the time, there was a rapper out that was going viral and stuff. And his nickname was 38 Baby. So then Dono kind of just gave it to me like (laughs) 38 Baby. And it was kind of cool because, like, a lot of the guys, they didn't know my name at all. So, like, whenever they saw me, they'd be like, what up, 38 Baby? You know, just uh, so I kind of just took it and ran with it.
2: With your journey here, how different is it from when you took the field the first time to now?
4: Uh, It's... It's a lot different, you know. It's it's cool to actually, you know, be able to impact the in the game in a sense. But it is it's super cool whenever you go out there for the first time, you know, as a freshman, sophomore, whatever you want to call it. And then, but just being able to, you know, see the fans and just interact with the fans, and then them interacting with you after the games and stuff. I think that's the coolest experience for sure.
0: Well, here I thought thirty eight would have been maybe an homage to Antonio Langhammer. George Rogers, not a lot of of 38s (laughs) in football history, by the way. Uh, Coach Gullis mentioned that the receiving group, it's coming together and people just don't realize some of the guys weren't here yet. Michael Brown Stevens, Jaden Alexis, guys were hurt, including you. So it really was different in the spring. Uh, How did you overcome your injury? And uh, was it it, uh, maybe, it it seems like you got back on the field quicker than even they thought?
4: Yeah, um, it's definitely just consistency, you know, going into rehab day in and day out, you know, it's, It's so repetitive in the Mm -hmm. training room, but you kind of just have to keep on grinding. You know, a lot of the guys, Naeem was hurt in the spring. Seth was hurt. Um, Michael Brown Stevens is still, you know, dealing with some injuries and stuff. And, you know, Yui's hurt, you know. So, like, a lot of people are just hurt, banged up. But just, you know, being consistent and going in, putting in the work is something that just allows you to get back on the field. Well,
0: one thing that I could tell you do a lot of work in, and people, let me just tell you, especially media, when they're looking at a box score of a football game first thing is probably total yards and then they look at you know the individual stats one thing they won't look at is a punt return where the ball maybe would have gone 15 yards up the field but you run and get it and it's only a four or five yard return you can just tell it's something you've worked on take us through that part of your skill set because i'm very impressed
4: yeah so punt return has always kind of came natural to me uh in high school i was punt returner you know took a couple back to the crew. um <laughs> But that's just something that I feel like is something that's overlooked. I feel like there's a lot of yards that can be saved in punt return. And I kind of feel like you have to be a little bit crazy to be a punt returner. Um, but just that journey has been really cool because it's – every all eyes are on you. You know, like, so it's a lot of trust between the coaches and you. Um, I'm just glad that they trust me enough to put me out there and do my job.
0: So that's a good kind of crazy. Is yeah,
4: there anybody else,
0: If you were to relinquish your punt uh, returning duties for a second or two, was there anybody that can match your craziness on the team? I
4: don't think so. Okay. I don't <laughs> think so either.
0: Hey, Sean, keep up the great word. Appreciate it. And, you know, we barely touched on his stats. Again, 24 catches, at least five in every game so far. Last year was a career high with 19, so he has been doing it up. Stay tuned. More Bullseye coming up.
5: We have the Andre Davis, Mr. Tampa, USF's, all-time leader in receptions and yards as well as touchdowns just ahead of Tyree McCants and Rodney Adams Andre what's up baby
6: not much Sam good to see your face my man
5: good to see you man you know what I think it you know when you came in as a true freshman if I'm not mistaken that was 2011 right you were killing all the starters in practice so We knew you were going to be something, but I think it was that same year you blocked the kick against FAMU, so I said not only is is he a young guy who's talented at the receiver position, he's embracing special teams. You had the opportunity to go anywhere in the country, but you stayed in your hometown, still in your hometown. We'll talk about that later. did what a Tampa kid would love to do, man. How does it feel? Tell me what life has been like since you've left South Florida, and again, you just you just lived the dream of a Tampa kid and going to USF and accomplishing so many things.
6: Like I say, I'm first and foremost. I'm just I'm I'm more than grateful for the opportunity Coach Holtz gave me. Before that, when I was a um when I was a senior in high school, actually, I was at a seven on seven at USF, called the slinging shoot, and Coach Levitt verbally offered me. And that day, that's when USF was really high on my chart because I was like, dang these. Right here in my hometown, they really really want me bad. So that that put me on USF's radar. And, you know, with y'all, before I got there, those those Matt Grody games, those were some good games. I watched those coming up. So being able to be a Tampa guy and come to USF and do all those great things that I did, I'm, I'm more than grateful to be able to have that opportunity to do so.
5: You were such an explosive player. You were the type of player that not many guys could guard 101. You had deceptive speed. You had great catch radius, great vertical catch radius. What was it that made you such a special talent? The game is so different these days than it was back then. But what do you think developed your game for you to be such a special player?
6: Well, I tell people this all the time. Starting from when I was like six, seven years old, my dad, like, I didn't start playing football, like padded football until I was like 10 years old. So when I was like six, seven, I like football, so me and my dad would go outside and um, he would throw the football with me. But one thing that always stuck with me that he told me, like, he always consistently, like, drove into me, catch the ball with your hands. Catch the ball with your hands. Like, catch the ball out front. Don't let the ball get up on yeah. your body. Catch the ball out front. And that's something that I always, like, it always stuck with me and I always embraced that because, like, I was always one of the best catchers, like, of the ball. Period. I played baseball coming up. Football, basketball, I play every sport. But when it came to catching the ball, like, that stuck with me, that little thing right there. And I just I just took it and ran with it. And every time I would throw a football, catch the football, I would make sure I catch it out front with my hands. And that, that pretty much has something to do with my catch radius because I have long arms. So when I put them arms out there, it's hard for a DBU on my back. Your, your arm's not as long as mine. So it's hard, it's hard <laughs> to get to that ball.
5: Again, being a Tampa guy – there's a lot of conversation about the on-campus stadium. How exciting does that make you on what dividends do you think it will pay into USF's future by having that stadium?
6: Oh, man, I'm beyond excited. I wish y'all could have seen me when the before before the indoor was built, right before the indoor was put up. I was such an avid for that because I know that on-campus stadium and that facility is going. It's going to bring much more, many more recruits to the to the area. And I feel like that's what that's what USF has been deserving that that facility, that indoor with that on campus stadium. USF is has they they deserve that for a long time. So it's great to see that. And it, I feel like it'll bring it'll bring much more. Not even just recruits. It'll bring more people to the University of South Florida. Period.
5: And then one more thing. Obviously, you had such a great career at USF. I'm sure all the fans want to know what you're doing, what you're doing today, coming into
6: the community, impacting these young people's lives. Yeah. So, as of right now, I'm actually i um, I'm a PE teacher at this school called Woodmont Charter. It's not too far from the campus. It's actually right around the corner from the campus. I'm I'm there with babies, PE teaching them, mentoring them, and I also I also have been doing some little league coaching as well around the area. So. That's what I got going on, coaching, teaching, and training. I do one-on-one personal training also.
5: Well, that's amazing, man. I want to thank you for, obviously, the work that you're doing in the communities. And I'm sure these parents don't know it, but they're getting some really, really good quality training for their kids by being around the likes of you, man. So I appreciate your time. I know you got a family to get back to. Congratulations on the kid you just recently had and uh again i'm happy to call you a bull brother man so thank you for your time
6: definitely that, Sam. major i'm happy to call you a bull big
0: bro know that
5: appreciate it man
0: back here on bullseye with a very special guest you know him as the head baseball coach at south florida billy mole and we will talk a little bit about the bulls for sure but coming up this weekend is something that goes back to his alma mater that is the reason we wanted to sit down with you before you headed to a place you've been to a few times in your life new orleans and we've talked about it in the past but for those of you who don't know hall of famer and it's going to be official this weekend so as we're getting closer to it it's starting to hit i'm sure
7: yeah yeah it's exciting it's uh, nothing i ever thought would happen but uh very grateful for uh, the selection into it and uh, looking forward to the weekend
0: so we're going to have to brag on your playing days just a little bit because <laughs> you were an outstanding pitcher for the team that made it to Super Regionals twice and the College World Series and I know we've talked about and we all know just a few years ago the Bulls were in that realm but to actually do it uh, relive that for us just a little bit.
7: Uh, that was a special group of guys guys that stuck together uh, obviously had a couple transfers that come in it became part of the family but in my four years playing we went to four regionals two Supers and wow. went to Omaha as the number one team in the country. Um, we just kept building off of it each year, each year, and it was fun to kind of watch the progression and you know do it with the, the same guys year in, year out. It was a lot of fun.
0: We got to enjoy it if you're a Bulls baseball fan and you were in Gainesville, you know all about it, and you flash back to Clearwater and beating UCF for the championship. But I, I just can't imagine actually making that next step. So I know you got to focus on the next step, especially if you're ranked number one, but still, that must have been incredibly special.
7: It was, it was unbelievable. It was. Uh, Something you'll never forget, something that were all my teammates, myself, our former coaches are proud of. Um, the work that it took to get to that point, hmm. uh, I look back with those are some of my fondest memories of college.
0: They give me a memory as far as a game along the way or even there in Omaha that uh, stands out to you. And it doesn't have to be a personal performance, but uh, there, there's always those big times that happen.
7: I mean, it was it was that third game against Rice in the Super Regional. It was. It was win, go to Omaha, or lose and go home. And the year before, we lost to Cal State Fullerton. We went 0-2 at Fullerton and had to take the long plane ride home without a trip to Omaha. So, you know, celebrating in front of, you know, 5,000 plus people and getting a chance to go to Omaha for the first time, that's hands down the the best moment I experienced.
0: And that was in Houston?
7: No, that was at our, we hosted that too. Okay, well, (laughs) that
0: that must have been crazy. Now, for those who don't know, Incredible numbers and you won't be surprised to hear this. Really low walks per nine inning pitch. The man wore number thirty one. And not only was that poor Greg Maddox, I'll say it. I saw you. You had you had that same action going on. Was he kind of your, your hero there?
7: Well Nolan Ryan was always a guy I grew up and I idolized but uh, I got to the point where I didn't throw as hard as <laughs> Nolan Ryan. I wasn't gonna say it. And in order to pitch a two lane you had to throw strikes. If you didn't throw strikes you didn't pitch. So Spent a lot of time uh, holding my craft, and you know we brought in probably four or five freshman arms that year. I think freshmen started three out of every four games my freshman year on the mound, which is unheard of. And wow. we had Maddox, Smoltz, and Avery. So uh, <laughs> that's kind of how we looked at ourselves. <laughs>
0: Not a bad rotation for a group of freshmen. Uh, now, do you show your, you can, you can say this, don't worry. Do you show your kids that tape every now and then?
7: I've pulled out a few tapes every <laughs> once in a while. Uh, but I've also shown them, I've shown some videos of me getting hit around a little okay. bit saying so they know that it does happen.
0: <laughs> it does every now and then. Uh, let me ask you about this weekend. Uh, the first obvious question is, uh, have you thought about what you're gonna say? Uh, I know somebody else that's inducted into this class, Todd Graffany, who is an incredible announcer, and was with Tulane, and now works for the New Orleans Pelicans. So you don't have to worry about talking longest, but what, what are you going to think? I'm going to let him
7: fill half of my <laughs> slot, too. Uh, no, it's just going to be a lot of thank yous. Uh, you know, a lot of people that allowed for this to happen, that kind of made me who I am today. Uh, just a lot of, a lot of gratitude will, will come out of what I have to say, so I'm very thankful.
0: Now, we'll get to New Orleans in a second, but you might, people assume that, you know, that's kind of where you're from. You're not, you're from Colorado, so that you can't change climate much more. What drew you to New Orleans, and was that a culture shock at first? You made it sound like, hey, here we are, the Atlanta Braves in that freshman season, but there were some steps in there.
7: Oh, there were some steps. I spent my first 12 years in Colorado. Uh, cold, snow, mountains, uh, not exactly baseball weather. Uh, moved to Houston when I was 12. Went to middle school and high school in Houston and then was obviously recruited my senior year and ended up in New Orleans. So I've uh, kind of been a journeyman. I've lived in a bunch of different states, and uh, but New Orleans has a, a special place in my heart.
0: Absolutely, so Houston, well, no longer in the American, but Tulane, places that you still get to hang around. Uh, now, speaking of you becoming a New Orleans guy, and I got to tell you, he is beloved. Even people that are just recently with the program came up to me last year and they're always asking about Billy and, and stressing that point. So I'm sure there's this incredible loving relationship. Going back there, I know it's just a couple of days away, but uh, forget the Hall of Fame part, but just what's your overall thoughts of going back to school there?
7: You know, it gives me goosebumps because, you know, I take a lot of pride in it. Uh, I've always wanted to do the right things all the time and handle myself with class. and. When you go back there and people remember that, it, it kind of affirms you did things the right way. Um, so it's gonna be special. There's a lot of old time fans and friends and members of the program that I'm, I'm looking forward to catching up with again and seeing, you know, I get to see him every other year with Tulane in the conference, uh, but this should this should be a good time.
0: And when we go, I just wanna thank this guy for having those friends because it lands us. If you've seen the movie, Goodfellas. <laughs> There's a restaurant called Drago's, which is the best. And I don't know your connections, but we end up in a private room that looks straight out of Goodfellas. But the important question, and for those of you who don't eat oysters, forget it if you've never been there, they're char charbroiled oysters. If there's a better appetizer in the world, tell me what it is.
7: Uh, that's my go-to. You know it <laughs> as well as I do. Two dozen charbroiled oysters, that's that's a meal in itself.
0: Yeah. but. Serious question, if there was no like repercussions, like waistline, that kind of thing, how many could you actually eat? I figure 50 for me. If no one was watching, Oof, yeah. and there was, again, no repercussions.
7: Yeah, I would be there for a while. Yeah, I'd be there for a while.
0: Absolutely. Now, uh, the other members of the Tulane Hall of Fame, before we get into some South Florida stuff, people are gonna recognize in Tampa Bay. Ryan Griffin, who was a quarterback there and played for the Buccaneers for a few years, got a good gig, and Andrew Friedman, who is, it's kind of a lifetime achievement thing because on the actual baseball field, he might not have had the stats, but some guys that you're gonna recognize for other reasons, right?
7: Yeah, I mean, Andrew, unbelievable, president of the Dodgers, uh, was here with the Rays before he took off for the Dodgers. Uh, I mean, the career he's had and what that Tulane education allowed him to do is incredible. Ryan Griffin, he was a little bit after me, um, but again, played for the Bucks great story and then Todd Graffinini the voice of the wave Uh, now the the voice is now the voice of the New Orleans Pelicans but uh, I think he spent more years there than anybody all of us combined so I'm really happy for him and really uh, really proud of him
0: and a really gracious individual by the way I'm sure he's watching and again going to be doing a lot of talking this weekend let's talk a little bit about your team last season we started to get that feeling again especially at the conference tournament the amazing comeback against East Carolina you followed it up by ending UCF's time in the American Athletic Conference then. Again, beating the Pirates twice is gonna be tough. So, was that almost similar to a few years ago where you had the pieces in place but didn't quite put it fully together and still there was optimism for the future?
7: Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I felt like it was just a a little too late. Uh, You know, we had some injuries on the front end of that rotation that that kind of hurt us, but you know, I just don't think, you know, we played with, we played with passion. We played with, with um, some excitement. Uh, it, at the end of the day, it just wasn't good enough. And uh, if they need any motivation going into this year, uh, coming off a super two years ago, it's time to get back to, to being there. Um, so it's the consistency. It's the staying healthy. And it's uh, last season was not acceptable. And it's time to turn the page and, and get this thing going again.
0: Anytime you have to replace your whole rotation, it's not going to be easy, and then you have injuries. But speaking of, I, I want to bring up Orion Kirkring, because is there a chance this guy pitches in the bigs at the, by the end of the season?
7: Yeah, he's a special talent. I mean, he jumped every single level of pro ball this year. Um, so, I, talking to some people I know in the Phillies organization, he's really close. He's got a breaking ball that ranks in the top five in all the big leagues. So... I'm uh, keeping my fingers crossed that we have another Bull in the pros. Um, you. Uh, you know, Kirk. Kirk's done a, an outstanding job of preparing himself for the next level and continues to work hard and I'm, I'm very happy for him.
0: Got to ask you about a couple of additions to the staff that are very familiar names. Always love Chris Cates, maybe for the last few years didn't like him quite as much, but he is back from another school down the road. And of course, Alan Kunkel after a couple, a couple of years at UAB, back with the Bulls. What yep. was the thought there?
7: Those are two guys who've been here when we've won big. Uh, You know, Chris was here with me and uh, Mark Kingston uh, for three years before I brought Chris on full time uh, in 2017, 2018. Um, Chris has incredible passion for the game. He's got passion for his players. He's a high-energy guy, which our players need, uh, and he's a really smart baseball guy. And it's just good to have. He's a Tampa guy. He takes a lot of pride in being here in Tampa, and I'm fired up.
0: Does he get? Do we have to have uh, him MC the bus trips again? Is that going to be a thing? He
7: he is our tour guide on the bus rides, so. so
0: special, special talent. And as we wrap up with Billy Moll, uh, where are we actually in the fall schedule? Can, can fans come out at some point point watch you guys?
7: Yeah, we haven't we haven't started up fully yet. We'll start the first week of October uh, and get going into team practice. We'll scrimmage uh, Stetson over at their place on October 28th, and then we'll end the fall, uh, probably the third week in November with a, a Green and Gold World Series. So <laughs> once we get closer to that, we'll, I'm sure we'll post some stuff on social media yeah. for the fans to come out. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We got a lot of new faces, uh, a lot of energy out here right now, and uh, I'm excited to see what these guys can do over the next couple months.
0: You said October 28th at, at DeLand, so the wind's gonna start howling out around October 27th, <laughs> but uh, it's great to catch up to you. Congratulations, I know I've told you that before, but live it up this weekend. You're gonna bring some family as well?
7: Yep, got my mom, my dad, uh, my wife, my two boys, and uh, my brother's joining me all the way from California. Awesome. So i uh, very excited to see all them and uh, kind of celebrate with them.
0: Also, you're allowed to transport Drago's tar boiled oysters back home. You and know, it's not work?
7: the same. You got to get them. Oh, you got to get them in the restaurant. Right. But if they could, I would have had them on order already. But
0: we're there this year, right?
7: We're there this year. Oysters on me.
0: Thank you very much. It's always <laughs> around my birthday. So he's the man. Thank you again. Billy.
7: So appreciate it. Thanks, Derek.
0: And as we wrap things up here on episode four of Bullseye, as the Bulls are heading to Navy Annapolis, Maryland, uh, let's Get your thoughts, Kaylee, on being able to head up there. I mean, yeah I know you love going on the road with the team. This I do. is just probably to me in any anyway, I imagine, has a different feel to it. Yeah, yeah,
2: I'm so excited. It's you know, a place with a lot of tradition mm-hmm. and I'm excited to experience that. I've been to Baltimore but haven't made it down that way yet, and so it'll be it'll be special and a little cooler. I was gonna say change, I did but... check the weather forecast <laughs> for you. You're gonna have
0: to wear a couple of those jackets. Yeah,
2: a little jacket with me. PJ, yeah. at,
0: at, South Florida, you never played against a service academy, but in general when you when you can think about it and you're going up against a team that's trying to run the ball it's it's a it's a weird balance because we like to go tempo, so I guess you just have to take advantage of your possessions because you know.
1: You might not get too many. Yeah, I mean, I, I imagine that, you know, Navy will absolutely eat up the clock. Um, you know, that clock's going to continue to run when they run the football. They're probably going to dink and duck and get down the field. So on the offensive side of things for South Florida, we got to make sure that we execute, um, take the – advantage of our opportunities because you might not have a lot of them, um, you know, so I, I think that that's going to be the key to the game uh, and getting off the field on third downs uh, defensively. Uh, they're going to have to stop them. Um, I'm, I imagine Navy will go it on fourth down a lot, a lot of fourth and short situations. So um, it'll be very important for everyone, um, our entire team, just to be on point and, uh, you know, pay attention to what it is that they're seeing uh, from from them in, uh, in both sides of the ball, actually. So
0: <clears> another fun episode i hope you guys enjoyed all the interviews we sure did with billy mole again who after we talked or ryan Kirkwing did what he did mm-hmm. so just to know, so you know next week our oh. guest is erica brennan whose women's golf team is doing great yeah. in their 50th wow. year so we're going to predict they're the national champions right now and just not talk <laughs> about it during the actual course of the interview now who knows what's going to happen on a saturday i do know that we all love football and i know you were watching the seattle seahawks last weekend uh, i don't know if you caught any of Kansas City, um, <laughs> what's going on there?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's that's, the big story, so we got to talk yeah. about it. Yeah, it's, hey, it's trending on Twitter. <laughs> it is trending
0: on Twitter. So from the man, first mm-hmm. of all, from an outfit point of view, I know Travis Kelsey was feeling
1: it afterwards because he had some sort of, I don't know what he was wearing. Ooh, mm-hmm. Was that little over the top, up, yeah. Mr. Uniform baller? I mean, I think so. Uh, you know, it's not something I would do, but uh, you know, you never know the effect of Taylor Swift. So maybe he, she encouraged him to put that outfit on as well. So. he
2: you a Swifty, BJ? No,
1: I am not a Swifty.
0: Are you, Derek?
2: you Swifty?
1: <laughs> I, I will not take any credit
0: for this. This is all my wife. She actually has gotten, not mistaken for Taylor Swift, but told she looks like her at times. So mm, that's I'm amazing. very happy about that. That doesn't Aww. mean that I necessarily listen to a lot of Swifty's music, but it right. is forced upon me. And now, real quick, I'll give you guys a second. It's going to result, obviously, in a song, um, maybe in the next couple of weeks. So I'll give you a couple mm-hmm. seconds to think of what that song title would be. Mine, it's, again, this could be real soon. You Drop the Ball. Is that, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's going to have to be the name of the, the Taylor Swift song that's coming out. Oh, right? that's pretty good. Yeah, you Drop the good. ball. I mean, that's got to be it, right?
2: Okay. Kansas City Heartbreak. That's not bad.
0: Kansas City Heartbreak. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Kansas City Masterpiece. Maybe if it goes right. in a different direction. Either
2: but uh, way. Let's
0: yeah. go with
1: Masterpiece so uh, so like
0: we
2: can that. continue
1: to uh, support Valdez. Yes. Yeah, let's that. do that. There yep. you go. Yeah, let's do, do, you do you watch a lot of NFL on Sunday or is it just like just uh, a little bit? You know, Sundays for me, I'm, I'm preparing for the week, you know, cleaning, I do a little bit of cooking. Uh, you whoa, know, whoa, so whoa,
0: hold on a second. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You just toss that, I expect <laughs> me not to pick it up. A little salt bay. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm good, I'm good in the kitchen, hey, you know, with the seasoning and things like about. that. But uh, yeah, Sundays are for football, so the TV's on, the game is on, but I'm definitely you know preparing myself for uh, you know, these weeks, you know, every, every week.
2: What do you like to
1: cook? Um, wow, you put me on the spot. Uh, <laughs> I can tell you,
0: it's not elephant ears.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm a big, healthy guy, you know, I, I like yeah. making my own you know, rice bowls with, with salmon and, and there broccoli. You go. And, and things like that. So I'm big on the healthy stuff. I used to cook fried chicken, and I used to, um, you know, you know, do the chicken cordon bleu and all that oh, kind of hey, stuff. But, uh, hey, you, still do that? you know, oh. not anymore, not anymore. Because oh. that is my jam right there.
0: Um, so it's official, there was some rice that got cooked last week, sorry, no offense. But that's gonna wrap it up. Thank you guys for Kaylee and DJ, I'm Derek Sharp. Horn's up, we'll see you guys next week.